the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day. And welcome in to Rob Black and your money. A little stock talk action going on because... This is a stock market of fun. This is a stock market of excitement. Uh, Apple hits $1 trillion. And, you know, just for fun, I sat down and I wrote down the number $1 trillion. And you start with a 1, and then you go 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0. That really got out of hand fast. 0, 0, 0. <laughs> like, whoa. It kind of plays off itself as far as the story goes. That's a big number. Now, the question I keep getting is, what do I do now? I own shares of Apple. You own shares of Apple. And we look at it and go, what do we do now? We'll talk about that. There's a lot going on right now, okay? So give me a little bit of a time to help diffuse the muddied situation. First and foremost, the headlines today, once again, probably are not ideal. We're hearing headlines that make you go, that can't be a good thing for the stock market. You start every morning, if you're um, kind of a stock jockey like I am, uh, looking at Asia and seeing how they're doing. Because we know how we did. And we'll talk a little bit about that equity indices uh, in the Asia-Pacific region, region are something we pay attention to. China's stock market is struggling right now. Why? Because the United States and our president are throwing tariffs against China. So their stock market is rightfully, <clears throat> no, no, common sense, common wisdom, conventional wisdom, is doing what it should be doing. It's going lower. It's saying, if you're going to have a trade war with the United States, you're going to lose. But at the same time, our stock market isn't doing the conventional wisdom. We import a lot from China, which keeps our cost of living lower. One of the best ways that I could say that is I like Nike shoes. And oh, I don't even have to say Nike shoes. A lot of the goods in my home, on my body, in my vehicle, um, a lot of things that I consume are made in China. And they weren't made in the United States because the labor costs in China were lower. It's cheaper to make it there, put it on a boat, send it to the United States. So you would imagine I'm going to start paying more for goods. And you would imagine that I'll have less money. And going back to China stock market going lower and the United States, why aren't we going lower? If we have jobs, we get paychecks. When we have paychecks, we spend said paycheck. When we spend said paycheck, we spend it in the economy. Our economy has got a multinational feel to it when you stop and take a look. So you would imagine that if I uh, have to pay more for goods, I'll have less for other goods. 
because we're living paycheck to paycheck. It's the same concept with when gasoline prices go higher, it kind of stinks because it's a tax on the U.S. consumer. It's not a tax, but, you know, oil prices go higher. Saudi Arabia makes more money in theory. And we make less. We take home less because we're still we're filling up our gas tanks. But there's there's some other tricky things going on with peer to peer driving and <clears throat> better gas mileage and situations along those lines. But so we always we understand that China's weak and we're not. And we go, whoa, what's going on? Right. So China's sitting there saying some commentary. The U.S. is sitting there and throwing down some commentary. And the trade deficit is what it is. And we'll talk a little bit about that. The U.S. trade deficit widened in June for the first time in four months. As exports fell, what we're sending out overseas, what we're paying people on the clock to make and create fell for the first time in four months. Politically sensitive, for sure, right? I try not to be political on this show because we all kind of need a break, but the politically sensitive trade gaps with China doesn't stop there. It goes with Mexico. It goes with Canada. And it is increasing. So the deficit in goods and services, the gap between what the U.S. sells and what it buys from the country rose 7.3% to $46.3 billion. So that's a big number. It's not as big as Apple's big number, right? $1 trillion. So we ran a deficit in June of $33.5 billion with China. That's up almost 1% from May. Now, how's that happening? President Donald Trump campaigned on a promise to bring down the gap, which he views as a sign of economic weakness resulting from bad trade deals and abusive behavior by U.S. trading partners like China and Mexico. How long is this story going to go on? It's kind of interesting, right? Because you stop and think, we've been talking about the trade gap and tariffs now for two or three months. Do you remember what we were talking about the two or three months before that? Probably the impact of tax cuts. And then two or three months before that, tax cuts. Two or three months before that, we were talking about health care and Obamacare. So you can kind of see that these stories run in short spurts. But do we forget about them? I don't know. It's still out there, right? I think so. So some stories in the news today. Payrolls rose 157,000. That missed expectations in the United States. Um, when you take a look at economic data, you always have to take a look at it on a trend. You don't want to look at it on a short term. Payroll growth turned sluggish in July. And yet, I can tell you that's on one hand. On the other hand, I can tell you that pay raises are coming this year for 58% of American workers. <clears throat> so you're saying, which one is it, Rob? I know, right? Don't you wish it was that easy? So payrolls rose 157,000. Uh, in key wages category, average hourly earnings awesome at expectations, increasing 2.7% over the same period. But payroll growth turned sluggish in July. So we're paying attention to all this. And ultimately, you're kind of looking for a Goldilocksian solution. Goldilocks didn't want porridge that's too hot because she was a spoiled brat. She couldn't put an ice cube in her, her porridge or milk. Goldilocks, she wouldn't eat the porridge that was too cold because she couldn't put it in the microwave. She wanted it just right. Same thing happens with, with the economic growth of the United States up tied towards payrolls and jobs. You don't want it too hot and you don't want it too cold. Too hot means 
everyone has jobs and we're all able to go to our boss and say, you can take this job and shove it. I don't work here anymore. If it's too cold <clears throat> and there's not enough pay growth and there's not enough uh, job growth, then your job, your boss has kind of, <clears throat> he harasses you. He taunts you. He knows you're not going to quit on him. You, I can't quit you. Um, so anyway, we pay attention to numbers. These are still pretty good numbers. China says it's going to retaliate with tariffs on $60 billion of U.S. goods. There's this cloud over the economy. There's a cloud over the stock market right now, and yet it's doing okay. No, or is it? Is it Apple that's doing okay? <clears throat> is it the big tech stocks that are doing okay? Is it Facebook that's giving you a screaming opportunity? That's the best part about this job. That's the best part about the stock market. I'm, gosh, I want to say 97, 96% invested, and I'm cool with that. We'll talk GoPro. We'll talk Semantic, Shake Shack, Take-Two Interactive. We'll talk Toyota, Toyota. We'll talk Sonos and much, much more. Of course, Apple. Stick around. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. You can find me at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening. So during the commercial break, sometimes I run, get coffee. Sometimes I run to a little boy's room sometime, or a little boy's bush, depending on if I'm out in nature or not. Um, I just talked to my producer, Mike, who's an amazing producer. He's, a, he's awesome. When I say... Uh, Donald Trump said something outrageous. He hits a button and boom, he's on it. But I said, what are you going to do this weekend? And he goes, I want to rock. And that stopped I, 30 seconds before I come on air. And it hits me like, wow, I should talk about D. Snyder. First and foremost, don't we all know who Twisted Sister is? Yeah. Don't we all know what he looks like? He's this guy that looks like a chick, kind of. My dad hated him. We're going back to the early, late 80s, early 90s. My dad hated him. My dad was very, very conservative. They'll tell you a lot about me. These guys were shock rockers. Now, I'm not going to say my dad was a Perry Como kind of guy, but maybe. But to this day, D. Snyder and Twisted Sister have a brand and an image. And Apple has a brand and an image. Do you see where I'm going at? Companies that you invest in, Google has a brand and an image. And sometimes when you break from that brand or your image and you take off your wig or you go into China or you start selling cheap phones, people aren't going to take it. They're going to get upset. So they had a multi-platinum 1984 album. There's some fantastic backstories of Twisted Sister. I don't think that you have to go read a 250-page book on them. Maybe it could be a 10-page book. There's a great story about D. Snyder at one point in time. He's he's on stage, and someone goes, "You suck!" and he stops and he he, he hears this and he and the whole crowd kind of you know supports D. and they all hate this guy and the guy keeps yelling at D. Snyder, "You suck!" and ultimately a fight's about to break out and D. Snyder's going to jump into the crowd and beat the snot out of this guy. The only problem is when he jumped, the whole crowd cleared and he hit the ground like a thud. And the guy beat the snot out of him. Exactly. A lot of people had really negative reactions. A lot of negative reactions, man. Even though they'd, you know, it was just a stick, right? 
So they did pretty well for a shtick, in my opinion. Anyway, D. Snyder and Twisted Sister. Uh, D. Snyder was arrested for obscenity in 1984. No one in the band drank. And when you look at them, you're like, you, they all got to be drinking. He created a zombie video that was banned, which is kind of interesting, right? In this day and age, how much do you think got banned then would be on regular TV now? Anyway, I'm totally off off track, and I'll, I'll stop it. Um, D. Steiner and Twisted Sister had a brand, and I kind of want to tell you, like, they can come out with a commercial today, and he'll make money. He can do the Alameda State Fair, and people will show up. Um, same thing kind of goes with companies that have a brand. They'll, 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 they'll stick. There's a stickiness to them, right? Anyhow, and anyway, let's move forward. Um, let's. There's a crazy video right now of someone in Yosemite challenging a bison. What is this? If you ever, ever see a wild animal in a national park, don't get out of your car. That, an- that incredibly beautiful animal was just walking in his backyard, and you decide to get out of your car, and now that animal's going to be killed. I hate people. I hate people. Anyway, Activision Blizzard. I want to talk a little Activision Blizzard, because we're talking D. Snyder and entertainment, right? By the way, the first song I ever downloaded was We're Not Going to Take It. And what's interesting about that is I downloaded it onto a TI-99, a Texas Instruments 99, onto a cassette drive. Before there were floppy drives, before there were disk drives, before there were um, memory drives, flash drives, I downloaded it. You know how long it took me to download one song on a 2400 baud modem? About eight hours. That's crazy. Oh, my, my, my. And if the call, if the download got interrupted by a call waiting or something like that, do you remember call waiting? Do you remember call waiting? <clears throat> You're on the phone and you hear this, and you can switch over to someone else, and the phone company has made money on that? Wow. I'm going back. <clears throat> Activision Blizzard I want to talk about. I grew up playing video games. I'd say that I was born with a joystick in my hand, but it's not true. But let's just make it true. And Activision Blizzard has made some video games that we all know, Call of Duty, and much, much more. Electronic Arts. I used to come home every day from, I want to say ninth grade, and play Bird versus Jordan. Not Jordan. Uh, Magic versus Jordan. Magic versus Bird. And it was a horrible video game, but yet I would play it, and I thought I was Larry Bird. Or <laughs> for a minute, I thought I was Larry Bird. It gave me a little bit of relief. So video games have been around since I was a little, little boy. And they'll be around when my little, little boy has a little, little boy. It's escapism. I can name on a maybe a six-fingered hand video game publishers that I, I respect. You can start with Electronic Arts. You can go to Activision. Then you go to Take-Two. And then you start going, okay, who else? That's where you run into a little bit of trouble as an investor. Go take a, sh- a look at shares of Activision Blizzard. Go take a look at Electronic Arts and Take-Two Interactive. And you'll go, wow, these are great investments. These aren't just video games for idiots. It's not a video kind of thing. It's a real business that pulls in billions and billions of dollars. And as we all grow a little bit older, sometimes we go, oh, that movie wasn't worth it. $15 movie, right? And after you get popcorn and a soda, suddenly you're looking at probably 30 bucks per person, right? You look at a video game, 60 bucks, or you could do online subscriptions. You could kind of see our entertainment dollars have only so many places to go. 
the nice thing about video games, and if you ever have a kid, he's going to get into an arcade and he's going to think it's magic heaven. He's going to think if I were to die, this is this is what heaven looks like. It costs a lot of money. It's a Jurassic Park game that's you know a dollar for basically three lives, and you can get ripped up by a pterodactyl pretty fast. So as a dad, at some point in time, you go, I'm just going to buy a Microsoft Xbox, or I'm going to buy a Sony PlayStation, and I'm going to get that almost same game at home. Video games aren't going away. Activision Blizzard uh, revenue topped expectations by slight margin. Revenues were driven by strong sales of Call of Duty. The company did forecast current quarter and full year revenue below consensus expectations. Long term, I think it's a great name. Would I buy it today? I would strongly consider it. Um, I think it's 70 bucks roughly, and I think it can easily go to 90 in the near term. It's one of those companies that's kind of under the radar because who wants to invest in video games? Not many people. Everyone wants Apple. Everyone wants like the big investment names that make you proud. Video games are a little under the radar. Call of Duty World War II, Call of Duty Black Ops 3. There's some foreign currency issues. There's a refresh of the Xbox and Sony PlayStation. Uh, all those games are eventually moving online, like businesses moving online. We'll talk about this much, much more. I'm Rob Black, talking investing and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I was just thinking about some of the things that we're going to miss in society. Long download times. Those are kind of gone for now until we up the resolution or change some sort of game or something along those lines. Maybe the government and the SEC will, or the FCC will say, we need to go back to long download times. Maybe Netflix will kill the internet when they come out with Stranger Things 3. But ah. our kids will never know that, right? They'll never know patience. That was taught by downloads. How about this? Will our kids ever know how to go meet and make a friend and make eye contact? Stanford just did a study on Google Glass that for some kids with autism, giving them Google Glass and wearing some glasses, it taught them and they they showed better ways of looking people in the eye, which is, I guess, and again, I'm not an expert on autism in spectrum, but I think it's assumed that if kids don't make eye contact, maybe something's up when they're talking to you. Rent-a-friend, well, okay, so Google Glass, Stanford study, they're finding that it helps that's a damn good story. We don't want our children not to have friends. We don't want our children to feel ostracized and alone. We don't want to, like, that's awesome. And I know you're saying Google Glass didn't that die like five years, six years ago? Uh-huh. It's still out there being played with. You know, the glasses, and they basically, bars freaked out. There were some bars that says, we don't serve Google Glass in San Francisco. Because you could record people. It turned into a situation where you were able to, like, uh do some voyeuristic things that weren't cool. We'll see if it comes back. Wearables are kind of a, a goofball topic right now. And a couple of years ago, services for Apple was a goofball topic. And 10, 15 years ago, the iPhone was a one-hit wonder kind of thought. See, iPhone's now dominant. And we'll pay $1,000 for a phone. I don't know why, but we will. And I do. I don't know why. It doesn't make my life that much marketably better. Maybe it does. Maybe I can sit at a bar and I don't have to make eye contact with someone and I could read you know, the daily news. So now we want to make eye contact again, right? 
So there's this new thing called Rent-A-Friend. It's a strictly platonic friendship website, which allows paying members to search for and purchase the companionship of professional friends. Do you have a professional friend? Do you have someone that you think would be a good professional friend, like someone who could drink everyone at the table or someone who could sing bar songs or someone who can go to a baseball game and high-five everyone in the crowd? You can get paid $10 to $50 per hour to be a friend. Really? Activities between members and their friends can range anywhere from meeting for coffee to being a wedding date. That's pretty damn funny, right? <clears throat> and this is actually a true story. I'm not saying this is the beginning of the end of, of society, but maybe it is one of the four horsemen. You can go to rentafriend.com, a strictly platonic friendship website, allowing paying members to search for and purchase the companionship of professional friends. I'm like, wow. Talking about being a millennial without a goal of life, you could be a professional friend. Dad, I got a job. Yes, son, what do you do? I'm a, I'm a buddy for people. You're a buddy for people. Uh, think of it as a professional friend. Well, I sent you to four years of college to be a professional friend. Exactly. And if you stop and think about it, what's the next step? Have you seen the, the TV show Westworld? Where we have robots basically in amusement parks. And you can't really tell between the real people and the lifelike Android hosts. Do you think we're going to move into a situation where we have professional friends that aren't even human? It's a big question. Anyhow, China's preparing a counterattack to Trump's tariffs. That doesn't even sound good. Trump's tariff threat. Trump's tariff threat trade. How many T's can I put in a row? And that's about it. So those headlines aren't going to be great. And if you take a look at China's leaders, uh, in the current situation, there's some issues with privacy. And China's responding to the Trump administration's recent threat to raise proposed tariff from 10% to 25% on $200 billion of goods. And they're saying, okay, we're going to impose tariffs on $60 billion of your goods. So we can't put tariffs on $500 billion of their goods because we're not there. So we have to change the rate from 10% tax to 25% tax. Tariffs is just another word for tax. If you look at a timeline of the U.S.-China trade war, it basically started in March. March 1st, President Trump said tariffs on all imports of steel and aluminum, including metals from China. And it, it escalates, and it escalates. And then you know, China rolls out a list of 100 U.S. goods worth roughly 50 billion that are going to be <clears throat> subject to retaliation. White House announces that tariffs on $50 billion Chinese goods will move forward. Trump threatens a 10% tariff on $200 billion. We're at a point where how much further can it escalate? And it's a headline. I don't get stressed by headlines. And sometimes I may not sell at a top, but headlines don't freak me out. Our jobs report misses its expectations as unemployment rate slides to a near 18-year low. Kind of nice, right? Paul Manafort is in court, and the stories coming out of the White House in Washington, D.C. aren't good. Prosecutors use Paul Manafort's bookkeeper to begin making a detailed case for the most substantial charges against him. So there's some drama on what was going to happen to Trump. How is he going to react? What's the headlines going to look like over the weekend? Is he going to personally kill Jeff Sessions because the attorney general is not killing the uh, Mueller probe? I don't know. 
Amazon says they're going to remove a bunch of products featuring Nazi and white supremacist insignia from their site. Uh, does that make you feel warm and fuzzy about Amazon? Why was it there in the first place is my question. Jeff Bezos uh, is big, watching you. Big, big umbrella of we do business. And then now they're deciding um, we're just not going to do business with Nazi logos. I'm not going to get too deep into that conversation because I'll sound like an idiot. Amorosa, the former contestant on The Apprentice of Donald Trump. She's got a book coming out. So she's doing a tour right now. And the headlines probably aren't going to be glorious. So just know that. Apple has become the first company to reach $1 trillion. And when you take a look at their history, in 2001, they had the iPod launch. In 2006, they had an iMac with an Intel-based processor. Their percentage of the PC, the personal computer market, is tiny. To this day, they have an opportunity there. But to this day, they're, they're, they're already starting to throw down flags in other areas, too. They've got the iPhone flag. They got us with the $1,000 phone. The other flags that they're throwing down, though, uh, services. You have a 1,000 photos, and we have a camera on our $1,000 phone that takes just pictures that look like a million bucks, but they take up storage. Oh, by the way, we sell storage, services, music, and much, much more. They'll, they'll come out with a video service at some point in time, and that'll be the cherry on the top of their services. And then we're going to start looking at wearables. The Apple Watch, they recently announced a healthcare study where your watch can you know, watch your heartbeat and report data and maybe tell you that you're dying. Maybe tell, you that, maybe tell the world we're not exercising enough. I don't know what the data is going to say. But the wearables is a future category that Apple still has a lot of room to play with. And like I once said early on in my career, you know, I'm paying $70 for super fast internet service. The day I die, I'll probably be paying $70 for a pill to keep me alive. Do you see where I'm going? So the iPod led to the iMac, which led to the iPhone launch in 2007. In 2010, ta-da, they made a super big iPhone and called it an iPad. In 2015, the Apple Watch, and now in 2018, $1 trillion. Even Dr. Evil would be impressed with that number. Like I said, go write it down. That's amazing. Elsewhere out there, um, some of the top stories in business headlines today, um, employment rate hits 3.9%. Non-farm payrolls were nice. Average hourly earnings, good. Uh, the economic data there, not strong enough for me to talk about in color in a picture for you, just to say it's good. CBS reported profit of a buck 12 a share. That beat expectations. Do you know when I was a young kid, they called CBS the Tiffany Network? It was a hell of an investment. People like my father would have killed to own shares of CBS. It was the apple of their day. Now, CBS has a situation right now where they don't, I'm not going to say they don't know what to do, because that's an incorrect statement. But Netflix is eating their lunch and their breakfast and their dinner. And everyone's reacting to Netflix. Everyone used to react to CBS of, like, you are the Tiffany Network. You are the premier white glove institution of media that we're going to pay attention to. Eh, not so much these days. So do you still want to own it? I don't. CEO Les Moonves uh, is being accused of sexual misconduct. And, uh... <laughs> That's out there. If they were to lose him as a leader, what's going to happen to the company? What happened to Apple after they lost their leader, Steve Jobs? The actual answer is not damn much. 
But is Leslie Moonves more important than Steve Jobs? Good question. And, and for the record, some people do think Apple lost a lot of their magic when Steve passed. Shake Shack came in ahead of expectations. Can we call Shake Shack a restaurant chain? Uh, I've had their burger. It's okay. I think people get way too excited about Five Guys Burgers and Shake Shack Burgers and In-N-Out Burgers. Come on, people. Go kiss a girl. Go ahead and live life. Climb a mountain. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Trying to teach you how to invest and be patient. That's the toughest thing in life, right? Learn to be patient. It ain't easy. I promise you that, and I get it. I get people's struggles with, you know, success. Payroll's disappointed, kind of, and the market took that as a positive. When we have a strong, healthy economy, our Federal Reserve tends to raise interest rates because a strong, healthy economy might become Goldilocks' worst fear and become too hot. And too hot in the world of economy does not equal hot porridge. Too hot in the world of the economy equals higher inflation. If I'm consuming more video games, there's fewer video games out there, they raise the price on video games. If I'm consuming more oil because I'm rich and happy and the economy is doing well, the price of oil goes higher if supply goes down. So a payroll that kind of disappointed makes Wall Street happy right now. It's obnoxious, but it's true. And what I mean by that is it tells the Fed maybe you could slow down a bit. Maybe you don't have to slow down the economy right now. We had a long period of super low interest rates. Now we have a period of low interest rates. We're moving towards normal interest rates. And that move from super low to low to normal could cause a recession because the cost of, of, of business changes with the cost of money. It's that kind of simple. And we don't need to go into the super detail of it, right? I think you'd be very bored of that. Motorola's got a new phone. <laughs> what? Motorola has a new phone? That's right. Say and what? It's really going to be launched and make sense in 2019 with the super fast 5G networks. But yeah, they're still around. Toys R Us bankruptcy delivered a big blow to the jobs report. I know you're saying, what? Put that, how do you put that together? Toys R Us is the reason the U.S. economy added fewer jobs than economists forecast in July. So it's the world's biggest toy store, Toys R Us. And that poor giraffe is out of a job. Jeffrey the giraffe is filing for unemployment. I saw Jeffrey the giraffe on Skid Row in L.A. doing crack cocaine. These days are sad. But the gains in retail jobs were offset by a decline of 32,000 positions in the sporting goods, hobby, book, music store, and toys. So there was that. I know you're saying, wow, poor Jeffrey, right? Larry Kudlow is on Fox and he's talking about the trade war. He warns China, don't underestimate President Trump on trade. Do you think the next war, World War III, will be on trade? Or do you think it'll be on zombies? World War Z, a zombie apocalypse that <laughs> somehow they tied towards uh, a Chinese restaurant in the book and the movie of someone eating some foul hog, pig, and the world dies because that person gets on a plane and spreads the disease all around the world because of zombies. I think the next world war will be on trade. I think it's a really, really powerful thing. 
when do you remember back you know gosh i'm you know right now trump trade tariffs are the big story and we can't stop talking about it. china in response a couple months ago it was higher interest rates a couple months before that it was tax cuts um don't blink at this point in time because it'll change to something else but larry kudlow is on fox business and he's talking about china and trade deals and you know he says he warns china not to underestimate president trump on on trade wow so that's a pretty dramatic headline in my opinion we get the jobs report that wasn't hot it was warm and somehow that's good news and elsewhere in the world of good news you know uh toyota motor toyota you can own toyota they reported 19% jump in profit for its first quarter, the best level in two and a half years. They're Japan's largest automaker. They earned $6 billion from April through June, helped by higher sales and lower costs from the Asian market. Back in the 1980s, President Reagan was in office, and he was pro-America. He was America. Whoa, wait, wait. Does that sound like, does Trump sound a little bit like Reagan? And back in the 1980s with President Reagan, we had Bruce Springsteen born in the USA, and we had made in the USA. I dated a girl in Pennsylvania, a very blue-collar state, uh, steelworkers, automakers. And you'd go to a mall, and every single car was American-made. They don't mess around. So Toyota, um, good quarter. But will we turn into born in the USA again? Bruce Springsteen is on, on Wall, uh, not on Wall Street, but uh, on Broadway right now. And those tickets ain't cheap. Sonos, um, wireless speaker made its IPO yesterday, 33% jump over its IPO price. That's a little bit tricky because if you come out and say, we're going to price our IPO at $20, and that's what we valued the company at, and we think it's a $20, uh, $200 billion, uh, $20 billion company, and then they go, no, 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 there's not enough demand at $20 a share. So they cut the IPO down to $14 to $16, and then suddenly it opens, and so that's a drop, but then it opens stronger. Eh. The nice thing about Sonos is they said that their speakers will work with Google, okay, Google, um, by Christmas time. They hinted at it. Great googly moogly. They've already let one secret out. It's already working with Amazon's Alexa. Hmm, I wonder if Apple's Siri is next. Apple touched $1 trillion in market value. <clears throat> They've gained 20% so far this year. <clears throat> Warren Buffett's done very nice since taking share ownership of the company. Um, taking a share in the company. So it's a long while before you get a non-tech name like Berkshire Hathaway on the how big are they at this point in time. It's the race to $1 trillion. Next, Apple hit it. Next will probably be Amazon. And then after that, it'll probably be Apple. Microsoft, Facebook, Berkshire Hathaway. Are they too big at a trillion dollars? Let's get in there, right? It's tough to turn a trillion into two trillion when you only have 8 billion people on the planet. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.